Walking Our Path Together, a series of audio stories exploring Yukon College's reconciliation journey. This is Episode 6, Community Campuses. Yukon College is made up of 13 campuses, located in Whitehorse and in 11 Yukon communities. In this story, we'll visit three of those campuses to speak with the community liaisons that work there. First, we'll head to Carmax, a community of about 500 and the home of the Little Salmon Carmax First Nation. There, we'll speak with Nicole Tom, who works as the community liaison and is also a student in the Indigenous Governance Degree Program. Hi, I'm Nicole. Welcome to the Carmax campus. Would you like some coffee, some tea? Come in. My name is Nicole Tom, and I'm the community liaison in CarMax. I'm also a student in the Indigenous Governance Bachelor degree. I am responsible for being the eyes and the ears of the community, so to speak. I attend interagency meetings and um, really work with the village of CarMax and the Little Salmon CarMax and any other community niches that I can find to get people together programming they would like to see or and or what classes and courses they would like to attend. I also do recruitment for courses and classes to kind of know who's done what and who would be good to foster through the process of getting an education. So really finding those key people and um, setting them up for success. I'm responsible for asking them how and where they're at in their process of education. Um, we'll do fun things like we'll have a drum making course, which I will put on. And every Wednesday when there's a program going on, I'll have a lunch for the students. And every Monday when they come in, we'll have a check in and a talking circle just to see where they're at and how it's going. It's really interesting because when we do stuff like that, I can really relate to them in where they're at and give them, I've been in school for about three years now, so I have some tips and some techniques. I also outreach to a lot of the support that we have in the community. So I kind of have that all in one place so that if a student is having some barriers, like we can try to help maneuver through them um, with the support that's available in CarMax. Originally, my children were learning a different First Nation language. I know that our First Nation language is uh, in, endangered. And so that was the original intent, was to come back and make sure that my children know their language through the school curriculum and also know their culture. So that's what drove me back to the community. As well as I love the land, I um, used to come to CarMax every summer for two months. We would go out to McGregor Creek and that's where our cabin was. And um, and I miss that as an adult. So coming back to CarMax was also part of reconnection to the land for me. I decided to start studying. Um, I was when I was working for uh, Ed Schultz at Little Salmon CarMax and I was his executive assistant and we were looking at some training, which it was a training position. And we found the public admin and First Nation certificate. So I had started with one course of that and um, wasn't really sure. Then I got pregnant and I was at home 
and I wanted to further my education because I didn't want to be bored at home. I needed to use the brain. And so I knew that I could take the Indigenous Governance and Public Admin Certificate through online courses. And that's how it started. And then it just moved into the degree and I'm still at it. And we call Katana the governance baby because she's been in my governance classes since she was six months old and she's now four. So it's really cool. Yeah. There's, it's interesting because there's different generations who need different things. The current generations that are coming up adapt really well to online courses and Moodle. So that's really interesting. I think that we'll see a boom in it. I think that they're much more accepting and it just passes through. We have some generations that literacy may be a component of what's necessary in the communities. And then we also have generations who have post-secondary and they're looking for something more. They're looking for degrees, which uh, is exciting that the Yukon College is now offering those and offering them online. And then we have generations who are elders or who are older and you know, they want some computer training and some governance training. A lot of the community is interested in the actual documents and agreements. And um, so we're seeing, we're seeing that being of interest. Uh, the major barrier that I see is upgrading. So a lot of the people need um, Math 10, English 10, and Science 10. We only offer the upgrading online, which works well for some generations. But, um, but I, I have a feeling that as more people are successful in these things and they hear about them, that they're going to adapt. It just takes some time. And it is frustrating to be online sometimes because, you know, like the other day it snowed and rained and hailed and there was no internet. Two days ago, I think the fiber optic line got cut outside of CarMax. There's no internet. So you just have to, you have to roll with it. And that's something that you learn. And also know that your instructors understand that too. A lot of online instructors just know they, you know, so you're not going to be penalized for it, which is, I think becomes stressful. And then you're like, I, when am I going to watch the class? And now you have to rearrange your schedule. And when learning from a community, I think we're lucky to have those options because if we didn't, what would we do? The education would be completely lacking and gone. We would have to go into Whitehorse. Mm-hmm. Um, barrier, that's the biggest barrier that I see is that uh, it would be nice to see a real big push in um, people willing and wanting because they can take any program after they get those math, English, and sciences and, under, and understanding that they don't need to graduate anymore to get a post-secondary education, that they could do the upgrading. My family's here. Um, I can go out on the land when uh, school's driving me nuts. <laughs> I can run away to my cabins and I'm close. Um, also, that in the Indigenous governance degree particularly, I have my mentors and my elders and um, my knowledge keepers are in the community. I can walk over and ask for a document that. Um, is in our archives. I don't have to drive or go anywhere. I can walk over and I can ask the negotiators who were signing the final agreements, the questions that I need to know. I have direct contact with them. So 
And also my assignments can be geared around the community or what I identify that the community may be needing. So that makes a big difference for me. I'm pretty lucky that they, they kind of coincide. Like I'm pretty lucky that I have this position as well as being a student because when they're freaking out about the internet, I can go help. I can just like go help with Moodle. I know the IT help desk. Like I know exactly what we need to do to get to get it done. Um, and also, yeah, like I said, like I have an understanding of the barriers that happen. It's not easy. Life isn't easy in general. Life isn't easy in a community. We do have social issues that we're all dealing with. We all have, you know, this legacy of colonization. We have the legacy of residential schools. We have so much um, on our shoulders that it's good to, I think, just relate and put yourself into, you know, their shoes and just encourage and, you know, let them know that it can happen. And also let them, you know, I've failed. I've um, uh, came in and was like freaking out and was like crying. And I was like, I don't know how to do it, right? First semester being not in school for 10 years. And it's okay. You can take it again. Like, yeah, it costs more money, but you need to chill out. You can take it again, you know, and there's, an, there's room for adjustments and there's room for learning. I didn't even know what a syllabus was at first. Now the syllabus is my most important piece of paper at the beginning of the semester. So um, I can help people with that. Like I, can, I, like I can tell them and I can guide them. And even with writing papers, you know, I can, I can help them and relate and get, you know, your thesis statement and your everything together so that you have an outline. So I, yeah, I have a, I have a strong understanding of what it's like to be a student and then, yeah, it works well with being a liaison because they have that extra boost of support. Next, we'll head further up the Klondike Highway to speak with the new community liaison at the Dawson City campus, Ashley Doran. Dawson is home to the Trondekwitchen. My name's Ashley Duaron, and I'm working at the Yukon College Dawson campus as the Community Campus Liaison and Continuing Education Coordinator. Uh, before working in this role, I worked for Trondequichin Education for about six years. Well, I'm just starting in my role, and so I'm getting used to what it means, but it's one part of my position involves organizing and coordinating the continuing education uh, programs and courses for the campus. And the other part of my role is serving as the community liaison. And uh, this involves a lot of providing student support and working with the First Nation to provide that support for um, adults who are seeking training and to be successful in education programs that the college is offering. Any student in the community who's looking for some support, or it could be students who are already enrolled at the college that uh, might be having some kinds of challenges. There could be a variety of things that might provide challenges for students. 
Things like making the decision to come back to school, not necessarily being 100% aware of what that involves, you know, workload, uh, people who are working and going to school at the same time. So having to manage different responsibilities, uh, people who might have children, uh, especially young children working with uh, daycares or other service providers in the community to um, support them in their lifestyle. So, you know, uh, students who might be trying to achieve balance in their life between education and the many different things that might be going on for them. So, you know, a lot of it has to do with outreaching to the community. Um, So providing that student support, but reaching out as well to get uh, students into the programs and courses and establishing that solid relationship with the First Nation and, and being available for First Nation students having those connections, making those connections. Yeah, and I think that there's an element of case management that is developing in this role as well. There's not one worldview out there. It's interesting to realize that, to have that aha moment. Um, You know, growing up, uh, we only know what we're familiar with. And unless we seek an opportunity to see things differently. We might not ever have that kind of experience. Working for Tranaquichin, it was a very immersive experience for me. I mean, I live in a community that's very integrated and, you know, we live together with the First Nation here and all of their cultural experiences are constantly open to us that aren't from that culture. Um, But it's very different to work for the First Nation and you know, be constantly having to look at what you're doing from a different perspective. That really immersive experience of having to put yourself in somebody else's. As, as somebody who worked for the First Nation, it's critical that I have been able to, to understand that worldview um, in order to accomplish work that needs to be done around the self-governing agreement. In that way, I'm so grateful that, I, that elders devoted so much time with me and that I, was, I had the opportunity to have the experiences that I did uh, participating in things like First Nation Education Commission and, uh, I mean, those kinds of experiences and summits around First Nation education. Uh, there's so much learning that happens there. And um, you're just constantly surrounded by First Nation people who are sharing stories and really helping us to see things in a different way. So those really in-depth kind of experiences were the most valuable. Next, we're heading back down the highway to Teslin and the home of the Teslin Clinket Council to speak with Ingrid Johnson. Ingrid is the community liaison and also the unofficial elder on campus in Teslin. My name is Ingrid Johnson. And uh, I am in Lantlinget from Teslin. This is my hometown where I live. And uh, I'm a member of um, the Kokoton clan, which is a raven clan. And um, 
So that is um, when you are a member of a clan, this is what you get from your mother. So um, my mother was Kokaton and her mother was Kokaton and so on. So uh, both of my sons are Kokaton as well on the Raven side. And that's really an important thing for Clinket people. I hope students do feel welcome. It's really tough to be from the community and go to Whitehorse and rent a house and get daycare and all that. It's really tough. It's really scary. When you're in that position where you're living there, you don't know, you know, how to get around or even um, get through traffic or maybe you don't even have like a, a car. Uh, maybe you're not able to get daycare at the college. I don't know, maybe you're always worrying about your funding and all those kinds of things. So it's tough. It's tough. It will take time, I think. But I think people really welcome the opportunity to be able to do things right in the community. You know, like when I was growing up, there was no university even in the territory, no college. You had to go far away. Imagine if I had to go to Vancouver then. I was lucky because... When I went to university, I'd, ha I'd worked for many years. I knew how to handle a budget and how to rent stuff and, you know, um, how to rent myself a home and all the things that you need to do. I was, you know, I was an adult. But I think it's really hard for younger ones just starting out. Well, I'm sure you know. Sometimes I just think about, like, if I had to go to, you know, another country understand and know the culture, uh, then to teach in that and to teach the history and stuff, you know, you would really, really need a lot of support. You would need a lot of mentoring, you know, to be able to do that. I really feel for a lot of our instructors that come in and they're expected to work with a lot of this history and they, they need help. They, you know, they're looking for help. They're looking for support. I think a lot of our history is very, very emotional. It's very difficult to work with. People really need to talk about some of the issues that they've faced in their life. And I mean, education is a hot button. You know, the history of education in the Yukon has not been a pretty one. And this is still within living memory. And so I think a lot of times is just being aware of what some of those issues are and understanding and empathizing. I know that uh, whenever we're in gatherings, even when we're in gatherings here in our own community, there needs to be that space for people to be able to talk about some things still. And once we do that, then perhaps, you know, we're able to step ahead and to, you know, sort of get ourselves, I guess, in focus and to realize this is the ground that we stand on and here's where we go from here. And so I think that's always important to allow that, you know, to allow that space to let that be. So I really like to see that we have, um, you know, we have many elders coming in um, to the college and talking about these things and providing that, just that support and that knowledge. Like sometimes it's really scary to be an Indigenous person. It really is. Even 
whether it's in the Yukon or whether it's in an institution like the college or anywhere that you go. So just for them to know sometimes that, wow, here's, here's an, an elder who has seen and done and been through so much of the history that we talk about and has survived and has, you know, has done well and continues to be intact and wise and loving, you know. It's really cool that we have those people in place now. I think that's really important. It's probably one of the best things we do, I think. And finally, John Reed is the chair of Northern Campuses at Yukon College. My name's John Reed. I'm Coast Salish. I'm from Vancouver Island. My Indian name is Pakwayat. And my nephew think that's, thinks that's funny because it rhymes with Makwayat, which is your belly button. Spakwayat is the um, stick, the pole, that pushes the raft and the canoe through the water. So I find myself doing that a lot. Uh, my dad is uh, Gordon Reed. Uh, he's a residential school survivor from Cooper Island Residential School. And my mom is uh, Anne Reed. She's uh, Scottish by ancestry, Scottish English ancestry. I uh, was the instructor coordinator at the Mayo campus for 25 years. Uh, off and on, I took a couple of breaks in that. Uh, uh, and so I ran the campus there for 20 some odd years. Uh, I'm now the North Region Department Head, so uh, I'm uh, keeping an eye on everything essentially north of Whitehorse that you can drive to, um, and I support the, the campuses and support the people in the campuses and make sure programming gets uh, offered and meets the needs of communities. And one of the things we try to do is make sure that the programming we offer is meeting the needs of communities. Um, and there's a couple of variables in that. One is that there's always a lot of needs within communities and that those needs vary. The needs vary from literally from month to month and from year to year. So we try to be very conscious of what we can do as opposed to just trying to do everything. So in certain communities, maybe the priorities are health and wellness. And so we try to find programming that meets a health and wellness need. Other communities might have uh, an industrial mandate because uh, there's a mine opening up or, you know, maybe both in some communities. So we always try to focus on uh, getting a dialogue going with the communities about what their needs are and then building programming that meets that. It's, um, it's a moving target. Uh, what your need is one year may not be the need the next year. You might go into the springtime planning uh, uh, time frame uh, with one idea, and by the fall, everything's off the table and the whole thing's changed. So there's a constant ongoing keeping an eye on making sure that not only you're offering what the community needs, but that there is a quality behind it and that you're meeting students' needs at the same time as community needs. And so there's, there's always lots going on. It actually goes back to some of the basics of democracy and Western civilization. People need to be free. They, they need to have opportunity in order to to be free. If your only option is welfare or the job that's posted on the wall, 
then you, you really have no opportunity in life. So how do we create an environment that individuals can feel free to take on or to dream or to hope or to imagine a new life? And how do you do that? And the way to do that is through education. If you see a job advertisement to be a carpenter and you really have no pathway to be that carpenter, that's not freedom and that's not democracy and that's not where we want to be, right? You want to be able to walk down that road and have the opportunity to walk down that road that anybody anywhere else living in any other community in Canada can do. And that's really the opportunity that we provide in the Yukon, the capacity to do that. Maybe you want to finish high school. We provide that opportunity. Maybe you want to be a carpenter. We provide that opportunity. Maybe you want to work in office admin. We provide that opportunity. Maybe you want to get a degree. We provide that opportunity too. And so it's very unique in that sense. And so maintaining those campuses, maintaining our campuses and our communities, is it really comes down to one of those fundamental freedoms of opportunity and finding your way in life and moving ahead in life. So if if you're, you know, in your mid-30s and you've got three kids, you're not leaving town to go get your office admin. Even if you had the money, there's too much of a family responsibility, a house, a home. You're just not doing that. Now you don't have to leave. If you're 20 years old and you have anxieties about living in a big city, you don't have to anymore. You can, you can stay in that town and take that training. So it gives them access and opportunity that just wasn't there before. So if you're 36 and you don't have opportunity, you know, where are you going? What are you doing, right? Because there's a limited number of opportunities in small Yukon communities. But now there's an opening to a door, right? There's a door you can walk through, which leads to a job you couldn't have done before, which leads to more money in the household, which leads to, you know, more security in the household, which leads to a happier household, which leads to a better quality life. And that's what the education system's for. Yukon College is unique. There may be one or two other examples in northern Alberta, maybe northern Manitoba that are similar. Um, but it's very unique in the approach of having campuses in as many communities as we do and in as many small communities as we do. I continue to feel that this is still a social experiment. Does this or does this not work? And maybe that's too simple of a question. Maybe, maybe the question is, when does this work and when does it not work? Or how does it work? Or how does it not work? Because there are many times and examples where you can identify that it worked. There's quite a number where you can identify that didn't work. Um, you can point to individuals where you go, that's been a real success story. Um, and you look at the time and effort that's gone into to making that. There's so many factors involved that it, you, you know, and I'm not saying we're not successful. I'm saying, how do, you, how do you make it successful every time? And that's, that's the challenge. We are humbled and grateful to the knowledgeable Yukoners who took their time to be a part of this project and to help tell this story. 
This audio story was produced by LC Creative, Leanne Chalikoff for Yukon College. Original music is by Jonah Barr. Find us on iTunes or look for the next episode at rpath.yukoncollege.yk.ca. And while you're there, you can sign up for notifications when a new story is released.